0: We're in 1 Peter chapter 3, and and, uh, you know, guys, we really have a tough act to follow because we're really, we're called to represent Christ, and so that is the hard uh, act to follow. And you know that we're talking about successful family, the elements of a successful family, and we haven't really just said, oh, we need to talk about husbands, we need to talk about wives, That wasn't the point. We just said we're going to be preaching out of 1 Peter, and this is where we are in our text, and we want to be faithful to God's text, and we're not skipping over, even though things might get a little uncomfortable. Um, So yes, we're here on purpose, but we didn't choose the topic on purpose. God gave us his word and the topic, and it's an important one, and it's a pattern to follow. Let me tell you, husbands, prospective husbands, you know, teenagers, youth, your prospective husbands, uh, you, this is not about being a perfect husband, but this is about the perfect example that we have to follow. And that helps us to be successful. Here's the, the deal. As we get into our text, Paul tells uh, tells us we can't sit there and call our wives honey and then act like vinegar. It just doesn't work that way. There's a specific way that we need to live. And as husbands, there's a pattern. This is one of my passages I told you for uh, godly young men. If you want to find a godly wife and you want a wife that will cook you apple pie, then this is what you follow. That was a, just a joke, but... Uh, I, I, uh, I just have to dig in at that apple pie all the time. So that is a gentle reminder that I haven't got my apple pie lately, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But if we want our wives, if we want to have godly wives, well then, logic tells us, then we need to be a godly husband. It's hard to expect Uh, fruit trees to grow if all you're planting is a bunch of weeds, right? And uh, what you plant is what you reap. And husbands, here's the deal. If we want to reap the benefits of the Lord, then we've got to know what those things are to plant in our lives. And what's amazing is is there's all of these things that God gives us in chapter 3 about wives... And then he unloads this bombshell of a a verse in chapter 3, verse 7. In one verse, explodes all of these amazing concepts and we'll unpack them one thing at a time. There are four main points that we're going to look at and go through and then there's an implication at the very end that is important for us to understand and is a warning for us to listen to. And as we get into the text, and we'll pray and and read our text, but there are these things that I want to remind you, as we look at the patterns of a godly husband, the same thing. These things that God gives us in this, you say, well, hey, I'm not a husband, this doesn't matter. No, we can look at these qualities and look through the rest of Scripture, and they are present for all of us, But God is pointing to the husband and saying, look, these are important. Focus on these things when it comes to your family, when it comes to your wife, when it comes to your house and your household. So just because we're talking to husband doesn't mean that you're off the hook, ladies or gentlemen who are not married. These are for all of us to remember. In fact, you young ladies pay close attention as we talk about this pattern. Because these are the things you want to chase after when it comes to a young man. Because these things are the things that are important to God and these things are the things that will help you as a young lady. Also, the other thing is, is Peter uh, command, the, Peter's command here, do not give us uh, uh, the Christian uh, permission to enter into marriage with an unbeliever. Some say, well, hey, it talks about an unbelieving husband. That means, you know, hey, I can go get married to an unbelieving husband and then I can win them over to the Lord. That's not the concept here. And, uh, and that's not what the context is telling us. Also, if you struggle with any of this, it doesn't mean you're the cause of your husband's or your wife's sin. All right? Some people say, huh? husband, this is not the, you're not acting this way. This is, did you hear the preacher? I don't listen to me. Listen to scripture this morning. <laughs> but did you hear what he said? And, and uh, you're the cause of all my problems. That's not true. This is the pattern to successful marriage, to successful being a successful dad, successful wife are found in these verses. But it doesn't give you license to blame the other person. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. Don't take the opportunity to, uh, you know, to retaliate Let the Lord judge and take care of those things. Uh, We can definitely encourage each other. Last week we saw these seven elements and that fact that starts with submission and then it starts with purity. All these things make the wife attractive. Reverence, non-nagging, a gentle and quiet spirit, doing what is right, emphasis on the spiritual life. All of these things have an impact on what the command as husbands are given in verse 7. So let's pray and then let's read 1 Peter chapter 3 and look at verses 1 through 7 with the context in mind of the previous chapter. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time in your word Your word that is truth, your word that is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son, the living word, the word that has always been, the word that is you, to come and to be sin for us, that we might know your righteousness that we might have a payment, a sacrifice for our sin. Thank you for being the Lamb of God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for what you give us that we do not deserve. Lord, as a husband, I feel that way many times. There are so many amazing gifts that you have given me. Thank you that you have blessed me beyond abundance with a family, with a church family with friends, all these things, Lord, that you have provided that I don't deserve. I pray, Lord, that as we read your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that we wouldn't listen to our our preconceived ideas, that we wouldn't listen to the world, that we wouldn't listen to our emotions, but that we'd allow the Holy Spirit to teach us this morning, and we would give you first place in our mind and in our hearts to hear and to respond to your holy word this morning. In Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Remember that in 1 Peter 3, as we talk about submission of wives, also husband's submission as we look at verse 7, that this is in context directly from verse 12 where it says, But keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation or in verse 13 it says be subject for the Lord's sake so all the things that we talk about submission is first and foremost for the Lord we are submitting ourselves to the Lord Ephesians chapter 5 it says submit to one another out of fear or reverence of Christ so the idea here is it's the context of Submission and our submission to the Lord so we can be a better witness to the world around us. We want to be a good witness. We need to live in submission to the Lord. So let's look at verse 1 through 7 this morning. It says, Likewise, referring to the, the previous verses of submission, Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, and quiet spirit which in god's sight is very precious for this is how the holy women who hoped in god used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husband as sarah obeyed abraham calling him lord and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered so we see here in this short little text we see a pattern to a successful family and it we see in our text it started with the wives I think that's because without our wives, I think our house would be destroyed in short order, and we won't talk about my kids and what they do when we're not home. But wives are so important. I'm not going to let them live that fire down for a while. So, <laughs> but wives are so important, but so are the right kind of husband, and God and God gives us something very interesting here it says likewise husbands actually in the Greek it says you husbands it's emphatic and it says you husbands and it's like listen up pay attention husbands and it's interesting as in the Greek it starts with then and, and so the pattern of a godly husband or Uh, to bring success in your home or to be the husband that God desires you to be is to start by being a husband that God designed. God created husbands. In fact, He created husbands with eternal perspective in mind. Husbands are the pattern of Christ. Christ. Did you hear everything that we sang this morning had to do with Christ? Had everything to do with the image of Christ. Who Christ was. That he was the lamb. That he is also the lion. Right? The, the, The sheepest. Right? The little meek lamb. The perfect lamb of God. The perfect sacrifice. The sacrifice who laid down his life that others might have life. And then... We see that he's the lion. He's the powerful one. He's he's the the king of all animals. That mighty roar that makes animals submit. That is Christ. And we see that has always been God's mind when it comes to the husbands. And he's saying, listen up, husbands. Focus on what it means to be a husband. And if you want to do that, you turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And he tells us that the pattern of a husband is Christ. And he gives us what that pattern is. In verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he can present the church to to the Lord. He says, that's our pattern As Christ loved the church, so you do the same thing. Also, he says, love your wife's body like it's your own body. There's an element of sacrifice. There's an element of giving. Helping her grow closer to the Lord, be sanctified. Helping her and focus on her as if she was you. All those elements you can find in the Ten Commandments. You can find them in other places. Start by being the husband that God designed you to be. In fact, do you remember in in John 10, what we just read? Did you see all the elements of Christ as the good shepherd? By the way, what do you call somebody who's a shepherd? They, They perform, they do husbandry, don't they? Whoa, isn't that amazing? Husbandry, husband, Christ, good shepherd. It's not a coincidence, folks. The good shepherd, uh, the, the, the shepherd, what does he do? He, he guards the sheepfold. You were designed to be the, the, that guarder, to guard so that way, and to know your wife, to know your wife. The shepherd, the, the chief shepherd, he knows his sheep, and his sheep knows his voice. That This whole chapter 10 is a description of what God is Giving to you as husbands, the sad thing is is some husbands don't guard their sheepfold, they don't guard their home, they don 't pattern their life after the chief shepherd, and the wife starts to hear other, other people speaking, and they, they hear other men and, and, and they 're drawn to them. That is not the pattern that Christ. Gave us for husbands. We need to start by being a husband of God's design. And those two pictures are really seen here in John 10 and Ephesians chapter 5. The other thing is by submitting yourself to God. Let me ask you a question. As a husband in your home, is it your will or have you given up your will to the Lord? Are you tug of war? Is it a tug of war between your will and your wife's will? That's not good either. Do you understand? If you don't submit yourself to God, you're going to have a hard time submitting to your wife. In the same way, in the text, in in verse 7, is referencing and talking about submission. To being submitting ourselves for the Lord's sake. If you don't submit yourself to God, you're going to have a hard time living out the pattern that Christ gave us. Being a good shepherd to your family. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourself for, therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You say, well, how do I submit? Well, just give draw near to God. And he will what? Draw near to you. Resist the devil. By the way, guys, the devil is not your wife. <laughs> and I'm saying that because some of you need to stop acting like she's the devil right? The way that you complain or you're frustrated. And by the way, I, I've, I had to pray for forgiveness many times this week as I was studying this passage. Are you giving your will and desire to God? Philippians chapter 2. Remember, Christ is our pattern and he gives us a pattern of way to think in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. It says, let each of you look not only for your own interest, but also the interest of others. Do you consider the interest of your wife? Do you know what they are? Let's just start there. I mean, it's not even, do you need to know why she's interested? No. Do you even know what they are? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. When you become a believer, when, when God saves you, and now you're added to the church, adopted into his family, he is telling us that you have a new way to think. Men, this is how we need to think. It's not about ourselves. It never was. It never is. Did you understand? Christ willingly laid down his life for us. Did you get that willingly part? Who was he submitting to? To the Lord to his father, being obedient, right? Look at verse 8. It says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Did you notice that that pattern there, husband? When we consider the interest of, of others, when we consider and we don't put our will first and we put the will and we submit our will to the Lord... It is, And we humble ourselves, and we're, a, we're now becoming a lamb in our marriage. And when we do that, and we willingly give up our life, here's the thing, some of the husbands are saying, I have to give up this, 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 this. No, the idea is, are you willing to give up? Willing to lay down your life? A lot of times, uh, Benjamin's not here. I wonder why. No. <laughs> he is really sick. Um, he would have been here otherwise. Um, and just, I'll have to tease him about missing the husband talk. So, here's the thing, though. Many times when I counsel guys that are getting ready to get married, get engaged, I'm like, okay, here's a test. What is the most important hobby or thing to you right now? Are you willing to give it up? And I've had guys say, there's no way i give that up. I, I'm going to do that forever. I'm like, if you're not willing to give it up, you shouldn't get married. And that's the truth. Because their will of their desire is greater than the will that God has given them in marriage. We can't, husbands, we can't go into marriage. We can't go into our homes and say that my will is the most important thing. It has to be God's will. Romans 8, 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile. To God, By in turn, guess what? The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. By in turn, it's hostile to our wives, to our families. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. As long as your will is more important than God's will, it'll be hostile to your family. It'll be hostile to your wife. The third thing that is in this text, I told you there's a bomb that just went off. We're just, we're just receiving the shrapnel now is here's the thing. Seek to understand your wife. Verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Live with. Dwell with. And the understanding, the word understanding is genosis, which it means to know in a relational way, not in an intimate marriage-like communion, sexual way, intimacy way, but an intimate relationship with way a friendship seek to understand your wife and here we have the whole world saying that you know men are i don't remember how to say it it's like men are from mars and women are from venus i'm dyslexic i wanted to say it the other way yeah they say they're they're worlds apart there's no way you can understand women that's not the command given to us here live with your hey if you dwell with in an intimate way if you leave and cleave that it says in genesis a man leaves and cleaves to his wife, that idea of cleaving is to dwell with in such a relational way that that's all you desire, you begin to understand why she is different. The idea, the, the word gnosis there, to understand, to live with in an understanding way, literally means to know, learn by experience. Husbands, whoo, it's, you don't have to be perfect at this, okay? It's to learn by experience. Some good, some bad. Okay? Take in, knowledge of, take in the knowledge of someone. Knowledge that goes beyond uh, the mere factual. It speaks of a special relationships between two people. The Christian husband needs to know his wife's moods. Know his wife's feelings. Know her needs, her fears, her hopes. He needs to listen with his heart to his wife and share meaningful communication. Meaningful. This is hard for us husbands. I I don't think God would have given us this command to live in an understanding way with if he didn't know already that it was going to be hard. This isn't, by the way, saying be perfect. It says work at it. It's a command to continue to do. Be To live with her. Now, how about this? How about understanding what God desires for your wife so that you can help her be successful? Did you, do you understand that? that? Do you understand what God is calling? Those ver, verses 1 through 6, do you understand what those are? Oh yeah, I know what it means. She has to submit to me. Wrong. Now, do you understand what God is calling her to be? Do you understand that if you understand what those things are and you seek to help her, she's going to be successful, which in turn is going to make you successful. How can a husband show consideration or honor his wife if he doesn't understand what her needs are? Are. That's kind of interesting because the very next thing in the verse says, Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Give your wife, what this is saying is not that your wife is weak and useless. That's what the feminism wants to say. They say, Look, you don't know how to treat women. No, God is telling us how to treat women so then that way they are strong. Give your wife priority and honor. Let me read you a verse that says this exact same thing, what the meaning of this text really means. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. You say, well, that talks about the body of Christ. It does. It talks about how God orders things. How the order and how God designs our life and the body of Christ. And includes your wives. This is, honor is referring to worth and merit of some object. Do you honor your wife? Do you see her as the most valued treasure in your life next to Christ? That's where it needs to be. Christ, your wife. That's the value. Christ encompasses everything. But your wife needs to be right there with him. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 25, uh, 22 through 25, but for context, I'm going to look at verse 18. You know, context means everything. <laughs> it says, But, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them He chooses. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem, do you see that? That seem to be weaker are indispensable. Did you hear that? There is this notion out there that women, because women are different, God provided a different order of things, a different pattern of living, a different... Order in the family that they are weaker. That means that they are not as good as the man. That is totally bogus. In fact, those things that are weaker are actually, that seem weaker, are indispensable. Look at verse 23. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the what? The greater honor. The blessing. Whoa. This is the same context. It's the same principle. It's the same idea that Peter is telling us here in verse 7. Show honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. By the way, weaker vessel, it just means strength. Here, let me tell you something. You know that a, a, a doctor said there was, you know, if you look back in the 60s, there, the, the big, huge sexual revolution and the big push for humanistic thought and philosophy and there was this big push and so then all of a sudden feminism came out and all these things and that women are not weaker they're just equal in every single way so a doctor did a study and he took the skeletal frame of a the as is not altered as is skeletal frame of the average female and the skeletal frame of the average male and he says they're different they're actually put together different The skeletal system is not the same for a man and a woman, and he found that after a lot of study, as this doctor found, uh, the average female skeletal system is designed to carry 20 pounds. That's it. The average male skeletal system is, is is designed to carry anywhere between 50 to 100 pounds. It is different. It's different by design. It's not different because you're lesser or indispensable. By the way, the average toddler and baby, you think about it, there are so many implications to what he found out. The word weaker vessel just has to do with strength. And it's actually... The word that we get, vase or vase, depending on your upbringing. If you're in Paris, it's vase. (laughs) If you're here, it's just vase or vase. By the way, a vase is pretty important, right? It displays what? It displays some beautiful things. But a vase is very what? Fragile. Guys, vases are important they display the most beautiful things. But they are designed differently. Guys, we're just a box of rocks. We can be dropped anywhere. Trust me, I know. I've, been, I've failed many times. <laughs> God designed us to be different so we can take the sledgehammers of life. Our wives are not designed to take that pressure in their life. Give your wife priority. Honor her. It's amazing. When I was a kid, all I heard about was that women are equal, women are equal, women are equal, women are better, you know. All these things and you know what's amazing? You go to the news now, what do you see? You see all these men competing and beating all the women in sports. That's going on right now. And you know what's amazing is what are all these women that are in sports are standing up, and they're saying, this is not fair, because they are stronger than we are. That is what women are saying now. They're not Christians. They're saying that's not fair. They have an advantage over us. That's by design. So that way, when life happens, we get sludged upside the head, and we don't break. Women are not designed to take that, men. Honor them as the most important treasure in your house. Display them. In fact, he wants to tell us, by the way, because they are the weaker vessel doesn't mean that they're any less important. Why? Because, look, since what? In our our verse, it says, since they are heirs of you, of the grace of life, they are saved and they're given grace and they are part of God's family just the way you are. They're no less important. They are no less important. Husbands, be the husband that God designed you to be. You know how you know that? Follow Christ. Memorize chapter 10 of John, right? Learn what it means to be a good shepherd. That also, by the way, helps you with being a good dad, being a good husband. Be submissive to God. Is it your will, your flesh that's in control? Or are you giving that over to the Lord? Are you being a lamb as well as the lion, like Christ? Seek to understand your wife. Don't listen to the world and say, you can never understand women. That's bogus. That's the first thing that my mom taught me. Look at her. Listen to her. Look at her in such a way that you memorize her expressions. You will then know what she needs, what she wants. She hates that sometimes. <laughs> she can't get away with, I'm fine. It <laughs> doesn't work that way. But seek to understand her. Give her priority. Put her on the top shelf of your life to display to everyone as your treasure. Why? Why? Guys, church... Why? So that, verse 7, 1 Peter 3, so that, since your prayers may not be hindered. Here's the conclusion. Don't hinder your relationship with the Lord. If you're not submitting husbands and working on this, and learning to submit your life to the Lord, you're not practicing this. Your relationship with the Lord will be hindered. Malachi chapter 2. It's the very last book of the Old Testament. Go to Matthew, just a few pages over. Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 through 16, gives us the exact same context here. It says, in verse 13, it says, And this second thing you do... You cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offering as acceptable with, and accepts it with favor from your hand. You don't, you don't see the, the... you know. So Israel's like crying and they're like, Lord, you don't accept your offering anymore. Why not? Why aren't you blessing us? Listen to what he says in verse 15, 14. But you say, why does he not, talking about blessing them, because the Lord has witnessed between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, by commitment. And you're not faithful to her. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you start planting these aspects in your life as husbands, young ladies, look for these guys that are trying to practice this. This is important. They will help you be a better wife. It's our job to help our wives. And this is how we do it. And the word hinder, by the way, is a military term. Do you know, it's a military term. Some of you may understand this. On a road or a bridge, what is the first thing? If, uh, if you can destroy the enemy's supply line, what happens? You cripple the ability for that army to what? To advance, to succeed, to move forward, to, to take ground. So the first thing you do, you go in, you bomb the bridges, you, you, you cut big, huge gaps in the road so that the tanks can't get through. Right? You slow down the supply lines. You slow down the advance. You stop it. And that's what the word hinder means. It's a military term to mean dig a ditch so that way advancement can't happen. It describes what Satan will do in your spiritual life. If husbands do not take this seriously, Satan will dig a ditch, and your spiritual life is going to be hindered. Why don't many husbands struggle in growing closer to the Lord? I believe it's because of this. They don't take care of their wives. They're not faithful with their wives. There is a delicate balance between the physical and the spiritual. Isn't that interesting? Remember what he said to the wives? Don't focus on the physical. Focus on the internal. There's a balance between the physical and the spiritual. A marriage that is out of tune emotionally or physically will soon be out of tune spiritually. To put it bluntly, as if I'm not blunt enough, You can ignore your wife. You can't ignore your... uh, You can. Let me rephrase that. You can't ignore your wife and get through to God. You ignore your wife. You ignore God. Let me say it this way. The Almighty Lord of Heaven, our Father in Heaven, always, takes the side of the weaker vessel. Think about it. How many times in Scripture does he say, take care of the weaker vessel, take care of the weaker brother, help those who are fallen in in sin? He will always take exception with the weaker vessel. When we are truly one with each other, we will truly be one with God. I told you God was going to let off a bomb today. It did. It was hurting all week. It went off first in my office. (laughs) The shrapnel just landed here today. (laughs) Our relationship with God is so important. Many of you may say you have a relationship with God. But you haven't allowed Christ to be the bridge for you to walk over. You still say your will, your life is more important. You are still saying that I can be righteous. You're still saying I can do what I want. You're still saying that my way is more important. You still have not submitted your life to the Lord. You can't do that. There's only one way to heaven, and it's not by living right. It's by submitting your life to Christ who died for your sins and gave you an gave you his and put his righteousness on you, covered and washed our sins so that the Lord of the Holy God, the most righteous, holy, faithful judge of all mankind sees the precious blood of Christ and not your sin. He gave us your righteousness, his righteousness, so that we, we can be righteous before God. Have you given your life to Christ? What is hindering you? What is cutting you off from God? Our life, our flesh, the things of our flesh, the things that we choose as more important, will always hinder you from coming to Christ. The rest of you that have put your faith and trust in Christ and already gotten into a relationship with Christ, what is hindering you now? It's not just about the husbands. It's about you. If, if, if we don't take our life with God seriously and we say that my will is more important, we do the same thing as if we weren't saved from our sins and we hinder our relationship with God. Are you starving? Is your engine, the Holy Spirit in your life seized up or is it in full rev mode, spinning out the, you know, on the pavement and ready to go? Are you stuck in the mud? Can't even get on the pavement in your spiritual life. Maybe it's because there's something that you need to deal with and confess to the Lord and confess to others. Get it right so that way your spiritual life is not hindered with your, your the, the, the good shepherd who willingly laid down his life for you, that loves you, that is holding you with his righteous right hand. Those of us in America don't understand that, but that's a hand of purity, by the way. In Togo, left hand impure. Don't touch anybody with your left hand. (laughs) The righteous right hand, the purity of God's holiness. Let it be a place of love instead of a place of conflict. Get your life right with the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this wonderful picture of Christ. To be this kind of husband is paramount to to see what Christ is like and how he has loved us and what he's done for us as believers. I pray that all of us here tonight or today would not take this for granted. That we would realize how special it is to have a relationship with the Lord. Lord right now if if someone here has never submitted their life to the Lord and, and said I need Christ to save me from my sins I pray Lord that they would that they would get down in their heart that they would bow down to you right now and say Lord I need you forgive me of my sins and save me I put my faith and trust in you I trust in what Jesus did on the cross the perfect lamb of God who took upon my sins and 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 sacrificed himself for me that he might give me his life to restore me into the family of God. Have you been restored into God's family? If you haven't, give your life to Christ right now. He's calling you. He's begging you. He died for you that you might have life. Take his gift. Respond to that gift. Don't just know about God. Have a relationship with God. I pray that all of us have a healthy relationship with God. If not, confess to your Father who is in heaven, who is gracious and has mercy, and just confess and let Him wash over you with a cleansing love of forgiveness, of blessings, of joy to reheal and start the joy back again in your walk with God. Don't believe the lies of the evil one and stay tied down to your sin. Confess. Lord, we thank you for what you do in the hearts of all of us, whether we're saved or not saved. Lord, you are amazing. Just so unfathomable, the riches of your glory of who you are. And may that impact our lives this week. And may we share that with everyone we meet. Have great joy in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.